You found yourself in another episode of Internet Marketing for Smart People Radio. My name is Robert Bruce, and I am on the horn with email marketing expert Ben Settle from bensettle.com. Ben is, to say the least, an interesting and very successful character in this business. If you're already subscribed to his email list over at bensettle.com, you know that he publishes an email every weekday. He writes sometimes funny, sometimes weird, sometimes even offensive, but always useful tips on marketing, sales, and getting business done. Ben, how you feeling today, man? I'm feeling good. How are you doing? I'm real good. I'm real good. I'm glad we uh, we, we tried this before once, and we're going to give it another go. I want to take a moment and say this show is sponsored by Internet Marketing for Smart People, which is the premier online marketing course that's delivered straight to your email inbox. The IMFSP course uh, covers all the major aspects of marketing your business, including uh, email marketing, social media marketing, SEO, copywriting, networking, and much more. You can think of it as the very best that Copyblogger has to offer, packaged in a clear, direct, and systematic format. There are 20 lessons that will take you step-by-step through the basics of good, effective, and ethical online marketing, and it also happens to be totally free. So to sign up, just head over to imfsp.com. Drop your email address into the little box you'll see there, and we will take care of the rest. That's imfsp.com. All right, Ben, you ready to hand our good listeners out there seven ways they can create an email marketing snowball effect? Absolutely. Okay, here we go. Number one, you have written in the past, uh, I think it was in one of your emails, actually, this great... Uh, it was Dan Kennedy's re- depression-proof secret. What is that secret, and how have you uh, put it to use in your in your work? Well, that's a very timely question. <laughs> Anybody who's been <laughs> following the news in the last year <laughs> and probably get more relevant in the coming months. I mean, who knows? But uh, yeah, in, back in 2002, when I first got into this crazy marketing game, uh, the first thing I bought was something from Dan Kennedy. And then from there, I got on his uh, newsletter, his print newsletter. And he wrote this very, very interesting back page article about, you know, really, there is no security in this world. There's, you know, he was relating it to 9-11 and that sort of thing, how people thought they were secure and everything was fine. One day and the next, they thought, whoa, the bottom dropped out. Everybody's paradigm changed overnight. And uh, it just, everything changed in the blink of an eye. And it happened during World War II, probably when uh, Hawaii was attacked. And, you know, it happens to other countries when they get attacked out of the blue and they're not expecting it. So he was tying it to that. The uh, At the time, we were going through another recession. People want to uh, remember back that far. We were going through a bad recession back then, too. So he was talking about if you want to have security, well, there really is none. But... And if you're in business, the only security you do have or only semblance of security you would have is the ability to produce. You know, nobody can take that away from you. And it was his uh, it was his idea that if you whatever ability to produce that you want to focus on and selling, in my case it's emails, some people it's blogging, some people it's generating traffic, whatever it is, that you should spend a lot of time and just be obsessed with honing that ability and perfecting it and getting as good as you can at it so that you're not as affected by 
bad economies and you know surprise things like that as much as other people would be. And so just to open this up just a little bit, uh, in terms of producing, the ability to produce, carrying you through the waves of history and gas lines uh, that, I don't know, you remember those gas lines sitting uh, sitting in the car waiting for hours? I, for <laughs> I was uh, very young. I don't remember it actually, but I'm, I was alive. <laughs> yeah, I remember I was... just being pissed off and wondering when the heck we can get out of here, but it was... Uh, I think it was, uh, anyway, uh, we won't go into it, but uh, the ability to produce through these times, these ups and downs, like leaning on your own ability to get things done on a uh, daily, weekly, and monthly basis, instead of relying on some some economy, some uh, uh, up and down of the economy, or even relying on someone else in a lot of cases, Right. Yeah, in fact, I mean, you could even take this to the extent of having just one ability to produce may not actually be the smart thing either because one is a – and this is another Dan Kennedy thing. I guess give him credit where credit's due. He's always talking about how one is the most dangerous number in business hmm. and relying on one vendor, one product, one uh, source of traffic, you know, one anything. If that one thing is taken away – you're screwed. I mean, it happened to people who used to rely on broadcast faxing, for example. That was a very, very economical way to market. One day, it was just taken away, just like that. And all those, a lot of those people were scrambling, what are they going to do next? It could happen. You know, a lot of us are online, and we don't realize that. It's very, very risky to just have your business online. And I'm as guilty as anyone about this. And I think about it all the time. And it's, what if the internet goes down? What if the power grid goes down for five months or six months? What are you going to do? You know, I, you know, I'm not. I know this doesn't really relate to emails necessarily, but it's something to think about. Number two, this is something that copy blogger folks are going to know quite a bit about if they've been around for a while and going to have some experience with. So I, let's let's go through this a little, just real quickly. But what's your experience with? guest posting and opening up opportunities that on, on sites that can give something back to you by giving them something valuable? Well, I've had a very good experience with it. Um, I'll give an example that everybody here can relate to. And when I've done guest posts for copy blogger, <laughs> uh, people reading those posts before they read those posts probably had no idea who I was. Who you know probably wouldn't even give it five minutes of their time to even waste their time to read it because everybody's busy, and uh, you know you have to kind of discriminate what you read and what you don't read these days. But by guest posting on a site, you get to kind of borrow all the credibility and all the you know the the way people think about whoever owns that site. You get to kind of tap into that and almost borrow it, and so. For at least temporarily, so that you at least get a hearing. And if you perform well, you probably a lot of those people want to hear more about you and what you have to offer. And so, to me, it's just a great way of, you know, it, it, to me, it's one of the best ways of actually building your list. Yeah, I'll put some uh, good links in the show notes for this uh, number two guest posting that people can uh, get into and dig more deeply into. It's pretty straightforward, but I want to. I wanted to. I wanted it there because you have had great experience with it. And number three is related, but it is different in uh, a sense of relatability, the ability to really kind of reach into someone's mind and, uh, and heart and home in a different kind of way. And that is getting around 
uh, on podcasts and interviews, both online, offline, you know, big media, small media, local media. You've been doing a lot of this lately. And I saw you even set up a page on uh, your site that highlights uh, a lot of these interviews. Oh, yeah. I, and and this, is, this may not be the case for everybody, but it has been for me where this is my single best source of getting traffic to my site. Now, not necessarily in big numbers, but the quality of the people that will find you through a podcast has, and this is just my experience, I'm not saying this will be for everybody, is, um, is just infinitely higher than others. Because think about it. There's no direct link for them to click on. They're, they have to listen to, to something, which means they are very interested in that subject if they're listening. Anybody listening to this right now is probably very interested in the subject we're talking about because, you know, this is very time-consuming. It, it takes time out of their day, and you're not just going to casually sit down, oh, I'll just listen to 100 podcasts today. <laughs> you have to pick one or two that you want to listen to, and that's good. You you just get to bond with people in a way that you cannot do in text. And I'm a text guy, you know. I love email, but really, when it comes to bonding with people and letting people get to know you, and just hear they can hear it in your voice as long as you know what you're talking about. <laughs> you know, some people just run out there and start doing podcasts, and they kind of get stuck. And you know, that's because they're not prepared. But it's just a great way to build your list with not just leads, but very qualified leads. And how do you relate this to email marketing as, uh, as we're getting at the seven ways uh, that someone can create an email marketing snowball effect? How do podcasts and audio interviews relate to that directly? Well, there's, you know, there are a lot of ways, but I would say one really good way. Once you've done a podcast, that one podcast you did, assuming you recorded it and everything, you now have fodder for potentially dozens of emails now to write. I mean, I could do an email tomorrow referencing stuff we talked about today. I could do emails for the next two weeks saying, when I did that interview with copyblogger.com, we talked about XYZ. You know, it just, yeah. it, you just, you can turn it into so many different ways of getting traffic to your site. You can turn it into a video, quite frankly. You know, you can go on a video and say, you know, I talked about this, that, and the other thing on this site the other day. It just gives you that in. It's kind of like a conversation starter. Let's get on to number four, which I think is a, a really interesting and kind of a different take than you hear normally about social networking sites, how you use them. And you're, you're a little bit grumpy about this. You're kind of the grumpy old man of social networking, uh, some of the things you've written. and <laughs> But you have uh, something good to say this. Uh, say about this, and we've talked about it before. Intentional social networking. What do you What do you mean by that? Well, let me uh, let me come out and admit that a I am not the social media expert. So, just because I say something doesn't work for me doesn't mean it won't work for someone else. But it's true. I I find most of these social networking sites to be a complete waste of time. I mean. And I've even written some controversial things about this. Why I think, for example, I think Facebook steals guys' balls. I really do. I really believe that too. I've seen it happen like over and over. I see just whining and complaining and just constant. It just, I go on there once in a while, like for example, Facebook, and there's nothing but just these dorky like images of quotes and, you know, people complaining about just the weirdest things. And I'm, to me, it's just, it's kind of like, why don't you just go out and get some real friends and hang out with them? You know? <laughs> but that said, okay, you know, I, that said, and I know some people are probably, you know, pounding the table 
yelling at the saying, shut up, Ben. You don't know what you're talking about. Okay, fine. I will say this, though. It is a great way to connect with and meet people you would never get to meet or connect with otherwise. And those connections, and this has happened to me several times, can turn into great business relationships, joint ventures, list building opportunities. I mean, I have connected with people on, for example, Facebook that I never would have had an audience with before. And those things, have, even if it didn't turn directly into a joint venture or some kind of business partnership with that person, it led to other opportunities that I just never would have had otherwise. So in that sense, I do think it's, it's very wise to use these sites. But I think, I, think it, I think the problem comes when people just waste time on there. And I just, I just don't, I'll never understand that, but you know, that's just the way it is, I guess. Number five, very, uh, nitty gritty down to earth here, trade your services for a plug on another person's, uh, list, email list. This is the very, very easy and fast way to get traffic and also testimonials. I'm, I'll give you an example. Uh, a few years ago, I had Absolutely, almost nobody on my list. I think it was like 200 people or something, <laughs> you know. And who knows how many of them were even reading my emails. This is back before I actually understood how to write emails. And I thought I got to grow this list. And I have this friend who's got a site, and he had maybe seven, eight thousand people on his list. Similar-minded people that I would want to talk to on my list. So good prospects. And I just, it just dawned on me one day that nobody taught me this and I, I didn't invent this by any means and people have been doing this forever but it just kind of dawned on me why don't I offer to write him some press releases in exchange for him plugging my site you know two three or four times over the month because he had been interested in press releases and I had been getting pretty good at writing press releases and he was all for it and it was great because he didn't have to pay me he didn't have to pay anybody to write these press releases he knew I knew what I was doing with them uh, so he felt good about that. And what does it cost him to just plug me a couple times? Nothing. So I got a lot of people on my list from that. He was happy. And uh, he was a friend of mine. But let's say he wasn't someone I knew normally or you know, socially. Well, even then, let's say that you're – let's say you can write ads. Let's say you're a copywriter, for example. You could go to someone who's a quote-unquote guru in your industry and you could – you know, offer this sort of deal to them. Look, will you, if I do this for you, if I write this ad for you, this email for you, uh, would you be willing to, you know, plug my site or it doesn't have to be plug your site. It could be anything. And, uh, let's say they do it. Well, not only did you get a plug traffic to your site, but now you'll probably get a good testimonial out of that. And that social proof will help you get more traffic later. In fact, it'll help you connect with other people you want to do this with. Well, I did this for, you know, guru Bob over there. I'd like to make you the same offer. Well, a friend of Guru Bob's is a friend of mine, and they'll probably hire you in the same capacity. Yeah, you, you could almost argue, I mean, obviously, depending on your situation, depending on your needs, and depending on where you are in your career, but you could almost argue that this kind of thing, especially early on, is, is if done well, more valuable than money. Oh, it, it is way, you're right, it is way more valuable than money. I, you know, a lot of, of people, and this, this is relevant to copywriting, emails, blogging, anything where you're selling you know, online, whenever you can, you know, social proof is powerful. Whenever you can get a testimonial or you could just say in your ads, 
I've written for XYZ Guru, you know? They didn't even have to give you a testimonial. It's just the fact that you actually wrote something for them, even if it was just, you know, a press release or something. It doesn't matter. It gives it adds a lot of weight then to your claims and your credibility. Just saying that you wrote for somebody who's got a big name can do wonders for people feeling safe buying from you later. And for those of you not indoctrinated into the cult of Settle, uh, Ben spells guru, G-O-O-R-O-O. If you want to find out more about that, you'll you'll have to do so on your own. So on to number six, Ben, you say embrace unsubscribers. What in the world, how can we embrace them? How in the world does an unsubscriber actually build our list? Well, unsubscribes are good. A lot of people kind of weep and gnash their teeth on lose. Oh, I lost five subscribers yesterday. I'm I celebrated. I'm glad. I you know, there's a lot of reasons you want to actually not have unqualified leads on your list. For one thing, if you're mailing daily, which is what I recommend, this is a great way to kind of get people off your list who really aren't that interested in what you have to offer. I mean, why would you want to waste their time anyway? I mean, it, it you're doing them a favor by 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 them leaving your list in a way. And so th- it gets very expensive if you have a lot of people on your list. I mean, that may sound kind of weird, but autoresponder companies, it's not like it's just $19 and you have 10,000 people on your list. Usually they'll start charging you more. Well, if there are people on your list that aren't going to ever buy from you anything, it's actually saving you money by them unsubscribing. So I would rather have a list of, say, 4,000 people who are likely to buy now or in the future than 40,000 people who probably will never buy and aren't even reading the emails and aren't that interested in the subject. So, you know, it's good to get them off your list. And you take it even a step further by intentionally weeding folks out through what you write, the way you write. And, you know, folks got to be careful. This is dependent on um, the industry you're in, the type of people that you're writing to and for. But you're you're not shy at all about weeding out those that are kind of looky lose or just hanging on in favor of those who really want to be around you and buy your stuff. Yeah, I, I really will go out of my way to tell people that. Well, first of all, I sell. I I plug my product every day. It may not be blatant like the whole emails a, a pitch. In fact, I rarely do that. But I do make it very obvious that I'm selling something, and if that offends you, you should probably go elsewhere. And this about four years ago, this was uh, I wrote this email. I actually it was about five years ago. Maybe it was 2006. What is that? So, how long ago was that? Five years ago? Yeah, it was like five. I don't years know. Ago. I don't do math. <laughs> okay, I don't either. So, but whatever. However many years ago it was, I had been sort of in this mode where you don't pitch anything. Uh, for a while because you don't want to make anyone mad and you don't want to come off as like you're selling and you know you don't you don't want to just pitch you want to you know only sell and you have something to sell and all that and that's unfortunately the conventional wisdom of email marketing today which I reject and so I used to do that and what would happen is I had built a list of a lot of people who I had trained through it was all my fault to expect free things and nothing but free things and never to have to pay for anything. Mm. And so what happened was I did my first joint venture. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do my first joint venture with this friend of mine selling his how to get freelance copywriting clients course. And all of a sudden, it was like everybody just was inundating with emails about what a jerk I was, when you know, mm. F-bombs were used. I mean, 
Some of these freebie seekers are like some of the nastiest people I've ever heard from. Turn on you in a second, right? I really don't want them on my list. Honestly, I, I just don't. I'm not saying they're bad people, but I don't want people who aren't willing to pay money to improve their situation because the the reality is people don't value what's free. I mean, they just don't. Ultimately, if you want to really help somebody and you want to make a difference in someone's life with your product and you just give it away free, you know, some people will value it, but most people won't and they won't use it. They'll take it for granted. They won't benefit from it the way you want them to. And you really haven't done them any good. So, yeah, I actually go out of my way to make these things known on a regular basis. In fact, I, um, I've been getting disappointed lately. I think I, I need to step my game up a bit because I haven't been getting enough hate mail lately. So we'll see. <laughs> That's one of your big barometers, right? It is. It, if I'm not getting somebody complaining, then I probably am not doing something right. And it doesn't mean I'm purposely offending people. I'm not right, right. going in there to purposely, well, let's see, who can I offend today? No, I'm just trying to be very upfront that, you know, this is this is a business, this is real life. You know, I'm trying to help people. And that means making them in, put some skin in the game or they're never going to use what I have anyway. All right. Number seven of seven ways to create an email marketing snowball effect. I think this is my favorite and you use this to great effect. But uh, number seven is be yourself. And I add uh, in parens, however weird that may be. Yeah, it's it's true. Uh, the person, you know, it's true that the squeaky wheel gets the oil, right? Or the grease. <laughs> One of those. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it's true, though. I mean, when you be yourself and this is the thing, everybody's different. Everybody has their own unique things about their personality that just nobody else has. And a, a big mistake people make is they look around and they do what everyone else is doing because that's what everyone else is doing. It's kind of the Neur- Earl Nightingale thing where he said, you know, go to go to your job, look around and look at what everyone else is doing and then you do the opposite and you'll probably never make another mistake for as long as you live. Hmm. And I, I think that's true. I think you have to be a unique voice. You know, that, and this is especially true in email. You can get away with it a little bit being a copycat, but the reality is um, – you know, if you don't bring something original to the table, kind of like a jazz musician, you know, in jazz, you know, I don't know, if, you know, people listening to this, if they're, you know, how familiar anyone is with jazz, but you don't, knockoffs and copycats and wannabes, they don't last very long. I mean, they just don't. They do in business a, a little bit longer, you can get away with it, but ultimately you have to bring something new to the table. It, it's, it's not unlike talk radio, right? We've talked about talk radio before. You know, the people who really make the good money in talk radio and, you know, they're the successful ones, they are so un- – they're unique. They are them. They're not trying to be someone else. And it's exact same thing with email. Just be yourself. Whatever words you use, whatever colloquialisms you use, whatever figures of speech you use, slang, I mean, it's all good. I mean, sometimes I go out of my way to study slang of other languages just to stick out from everybody else because I – uh I kind of have my own little lexicon of words that I like to use. And I've noticed that people are starting to, to use them and steal them. And I guess that's a badge of honor. But I got to now find more ways of sticking out. But that's, that, that means that's a good thing. That means I'm unique. I'm sticking out. And anybody listening to this can do the same thing. Just be yourself. Don't worry about what other people are going to think. I mean, if anyone's going to get you know offended or whatever, let them go. You be you, and you'll be fine. Thanks, Ben, for being here today. 
Uh, where can people get more of you if they so desire? Well, they can just go to my website at www.bensettle.com. And that's my blog where I basically I just I put a lot of my emails up there. And if they are so inclined to opt into my list, I will give them a free copy of my $97 a month newsletter in PDF format. It's a print newsletter, but I'll send you a PDF of the first issue, which has just a whole bunch of ways to ratchet up your response and your sales like, you know, immediately. Not any no long waits or anything. And uh, that's all free. That is at bensettle, B-E-N-S-E-T-T-L-E dot com. Thanks, everybody, for listening. If you think us worthy, we'd love it if you'd go over to iTunes and left a comment or a rating for this show. Man, there's been some really just generous comments over there, and we appreciate it. Mr. Settle, you are a true shot caller. Thank you. Thank you. One, two, three.